Good day, everyone. Welcome to Partners in Health and Biz. I'm your host, Gail Dixon McBride. I'm so very happy you could join me today. And this is a wonderful, beautiful day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So today's episode, Men's Health, we are talking about men and what men need to know and ladies what you need to know so you can help your men so i will be talking today about the men's health conference that i attended on june 17th at howard university hospital and i will be sharing excerpts from the conference you will hear actual doctors health professionals who are going to tell you and give you some valuable information. They're going to share their experiences, their professional experiences with you. So the conference I attended uh, on Saturday, June 17th at Howard University Hospital was called From One Brother to Another. From One Brother to Another. Let's be real. And the initials, the acronyms, or the acronym R-E-A-L, it stands for the R stands for relevant. The E stands for engaging. The A stands for accountable. And the L stands for legacy builders. So these men who shared, these doctors and professionals and lay people who shared that day, they want men to be relevant. They want you to be engaging. They want you to be accountable and they want you to be legacy builders. So it was a beautiful time over on uh, in Washington, D.C. on Georgia Avenue. And the sponsors of this men's conference included Men Take 10. And the Men Take 10, that leader was Mr. or is Mr. Clinton Burnside, the leader of the organization called Men Take 10. There was Amerigroup, one of the sponsors, of course, uh, Howard University Hospital and the Howard University Cancer Center. Some of the speakers and presenters included MC, Mr. Winston Cheney of WHUR Radio, opening prayer, Dr. Tamaro Hudson. There were opening remarks by Mr. Clinton Burnside, Men Take 10, Dr. Pamela Coleman, Division of Urology, Dr. Robert Linton, Howard University Hospital in Adventist, and the panel included, the moderator was Dr. Hudson, or Miss, yes, Dr. Hudson, primary care doctor was Dr. Ola Duni Falani, primary care doctor, gastroenterologist, Dr. Leyemo, epigenetics and nutritional care, Dr. Bernard Kwabi Addo, and the warrior's perspective from Mr. Mr. Reeves, Mr. Reeves. And Mr. Reeves is a cancer survivor and his name Willie Lloyd Reeves presented his experience and what he went through as a cancer survivor. There was an intermission. There were two panels. Panel A 
which uh, included the doctors I just listed or just let you know about. And then they had, after the intermission, moderator, Mr. Burnside, mental health, Wayne Evans, Dr. Uh, Dr. Wayne E. Evans, um, treatment and care, Dr. Coleman, social determinants of health, and Warrior's Perspective, Mr. Smith. They wrapped everything up, had a wrap-up and evaluation, WHUR raffle, which I was not able to stay for, and then, wonderful, 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 after all of that, they presented a free networking lunch from 1 p.m. until 2 p.m., and then the conference ended, probably a little bit later because I had to leave for another engagement. So without further ado, I would like to begin this episode of Partners in Health with the Men's Health Conference at Howard University Hospital. So you will hear the presenters. The next voice you will hear will be that of Willie Lloyd Reeves, who is a cancer survivor, a cancer warrior, and a health advocate, a person who has survived cancer and has information to share about learning and listening to your body and doing the right thing. Thank you. Uh, I think that uh, we have heard a great deal about uh, our health issues, and I want to go back to preventiveness. Uh, It is important that we go to the doctor but brothers and sisters, we've got to do some things for ourselves. And it's important that we look at our the foods we eat and the exercises we, we take and, and, and carry out. I am a prime example of not doing what is absolutely necessary all the time. I, throughout my life, I have not uh, exercised as I should. I have not eaten a lot of the proper uh, uh, nutritious uh, foods that I that I uh, eat, should be eating. I, we talk about our uh, our uh, uh, productive partners. One of my productive partners, uh, Mr. Michael Smith, is on me constantly about my exercising routine and my eating healthy. And I have started to eat smaller portions. Uh, I'm not totally on a plant-based diet yet, uh, because I do like a steak every now and then, or some chicken. But I am trying to uh, work with uh, the proper nutrition so that I can lose some of the weight that I have gained, uh, and which I indicated was not not healthy for me. And in doing that, it has helped me to as I uh, lowered my A1C and lowered my uh, cholesterol count, uh, I'm not taking as many medications as I usually would and it have been. So that's a process. <laughs> it's a slow process. It is not an easy process because you know, for us, particularly in the black community, we love to eat. We, you know, everything we go to or every activity we're involved in, there's food. You know, and get more folks out, you talk about it. You bring food. So we have to do that. But we've got to help ourselves. 
And I think that when I listen to the esteemed and prolific doctors here, I realize that exercise and nutrition are also very important for us to be to deal with prevention and deal with better health issues. And so we've got to go to the doctor, but we've got to deal with those albatrosses or those problems that we have in not getting enough exercise, not eating properly, and then we've got to work on that and try to be a holistic person and having all of our uh, issues uh, uh, addressed and addressed properly. We have such an esteemed discussion in terms of the panel uh, and me asking questions. Now it's time for, with the short time that we have, to engage um, the panel with some questions from the audience. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to bridge uh, the two questions together uh, that I have, but uh, I'm going to give the audience an opportunity, one or two questions from the audience, and then, and then we can wrap the first panel up uh, if you have something you know that's really on your heart so that'll give you opportunity to engage now uh, from mr bridgewater and this other individual uh they uh, they really ask questions as it relates to prostate cancer and um mr bridgewater was really wanting to know uh, from a global perspective where a man uh, in the battle of prostate cancer and so he it's looking at Africa, Caribbean, South America, Southeast Asia, um, and how, why is it going from bad to worse? Um, and then someone asks, what are the causes of prostate cancer, and is there a cure, okay, and how to prevent prostate cancer? So this sort of bringing that question, I know it's a mouthful, but try to uh, uh, really bring it together, okay? And then uh, one or two questions from from the audience, okay? And uh, if, if that's, can, can the one or two stand out? Uh, you, have, you have the questions. I have the questions? Okay, all right. All right. So uh, someone from the panel, I, I guess that question is directed to, to Dr. Guavi Adu and Dr. Filani, actually, um, as it relates to prostate cancer. Great, thank you. Um, so I, I would say that the high incidence of prostate cancer in men of uh, African ancestry. Uh, You're listening to Dr. Kwabi, I do. Rate, mortality rate that is coming from Africa. It's because up until recently, this cancer, and I, I think this is true for Nigeria also, was such a taboo that we did not really discuss in our community. So by the time somebody is diagnosed with cancer is really in the late stages. So that person most likely will die from cancer. And this is really across board. But I think nowadays there's a shift in the knowledge about, about, about cancer and cancer prevention as well as treatment. So I think that is one of the big contributing factors uh, with regards to high incidence of, of cancer and prostate cancer uh, from the African uh, continent. But overall, I think, uh, there's a, so prostate cancer in particular has a very strong genetic component and we see this in the African uh, ancestry. <clears throat> Why that is, I don't necessarily know. But I think, again, gene environment interaction plays a very, very important role 
in your disease risks. So without knowing our genetic predisposition, we are not able to really tailor the nutritional components or the nutrition that is going to really help us uh, in really fighting this disease. Another important factor with regards to prostate cancer is that it's so heterogeneous, and Dr. Coleman is here, um, that we know that if, if each uh, patient's etiology or risk factor varies quite a bit, actually. But again, it's important for men to really undergo the, uh, we don't have a very good screening tool, but it's important to talk to your, your urologist especially if there's a family history, an uncle, a father, or some relative, begin to have this conversation. Age, again, is a very, it's a big risk factor for not only prostate cancer, but for all other cancers. Our immune system, after all, is our first defense against cancer. cancer. So it really plays a role. This is where diet comes into play. This is where stress comes into play. And for me, I think health needs to be looked at holistically. Our spiritual health is important. Our mental health, that we have mentioned, is important as well as our physical health. So a lot of stress is in the environment. If you combine this with poor diet, and we talk about uh, sexual dysfunction, by the way, I will say that I think fasting, periodic fasting is important, and it does wonders than Viagra. I'll leave it at that. Okay. But I think we need to combine that adhere to the age appropriate screening. There are men who would have cancers known as indolent cancer, and people who die at late age of something else. But then there are those men who have aggressive cancer. Those of us in the biological sciences, we are trying to understand the biology that distinguish that can distinguish those who have indolent versus aggressive. And we can tailor and you know collaborate with the physicians to tailor treatment for those who have aggressive disease versus those who have the disease. But I think prostate cancer is curable if it's detected early. So it's important for us to have the conversation at the appropriate age. Once you hit 50 and above, please at least get a baseline PSA. And that will help you to really make sure that things are running smoothly. Okay, so that was, we just listened to Dr. Kwabi Addo. The next doctor presenter you will be listening to is Dr. Falani, who is a primary care doctor. You know, I learned something a long time ago. The things that you do when you're 20, you pay for it when you're 40. The things that you do when you're 40, if you make it to 60, uh, depending on what you do, you pay for it when you're 60, and it keeps going on like that. However, the age range for which you start paying for it kind of reduces as you grow older because you have less time to make adjustments. Now, the factors that come into play when it comes to the health of black men, you have individual factors, and then you look at systemic factors as well. The individual factors um, are things around um, genetics, um, which is, uh, is, there, uh, is there a genetic predisposition to certain issues? We talk about prostate cancer and the impact of prostate cancer amongst black men. Um, other health issues, high blood pressure, diabetes, those things that are preventable 
So that concludes this week's episode of Partners in Health and Biz. I certainly hope you have enjoyed listening and have have obtained some valuable information that you can use and learn and share with others. And so if you would like to be a guest on my radio podcast, then please email me. I have two emails. You can email me G for Gail, G Dixon McBride, D-I-X-O-N McBride, M-C-B-R-I-D-E at gmail.com or partners in health at verizon.net partners in health at verizon.net and you can let me know why you feel you would be a great guest on my show and we can set a time so we can chat and set up a schedule for you to come on and be a guest on my podcast so i have a little something something extra for you and this is going to talk to men and i let women know a little bit about testosterone testosterone uh so many men and women have questions about it and so i want to just share a brief bit of information about testosterone and what testosterone is all about okay so first of all what does testosterone do the hormone is critical for men to develop characteristically male traits like facial hair and muscle development but higher levels aren't always better dr smith says some men with normal testosterone levels might use and abuse antibiotic steroids, which are essentially synthetic testosterone to increase their levels of, or fitness performance. Now, anabolic steroid abuse brings side effects like reduced sperm counts, baldness, and an increased risk for prostate cancer, according to the Cleveland Clinic. While testosterone plays a role in sperm production, supplementing with testosterone actually decreases sperm production and can impact fertility, according to Dr. Patel. So it's important to talk to your doctor before using testosterone therapies. Testosterone also doesn't cure erectile dysfunction. Uh, Contrary to popular belief, explains Dr. Patel. Low testosterone may be a contributor to ED or erectile dysfunction, but for most men, erectile dysfunction is related to changes in how the body responds, delivers, and maintains adequate blood to the penis. So your question, can testosterone levels be too high or too low? So it's natural for your testosterone men level to fluctuate throughout the day. It usually peaks in the morning and falls throughout the day. Doctors usually test your T levels in the morning and do a second test to ensure someone's levels are normal for them, Dr. Patel says. It's possible for your testosterone to be too high or too low. Each end of the spectrum brings its own set of symptoms. So here are the signs that you have low levels of testosterone. Number one. There are several symptoms that are directly linked to testosterone deficiency, according to the American Urological Association, including low sex drive, erectile dysfunction, loss of body and facial hair, loss of muscle mass, fatigue, obesity, 
and a depressed mood. Now, some people might also have lower energy, memory problems, and trouble focusing. Now, these are signs of low testosterone. So, what are the signs of your testosterone being too high? Well, it's rare for men's testosterone to get too high naturally, but your levels can rise if you have a testicular tumor. And of course, if you take large doses of anabolic steroids, according to Harvard. Signs, these are signs that your testosterone is, is too high. They include low sperm counts, acne, weight gain, fluid retention, mood swings, aggressive behavior, muscle mass increases, headaches, enlarged prostate, and insomnia. So if any of those things are going on with you men, please get uh, checked out by your doctor. And what affects testosterone levels? Well, many factors can affect your testosterone levels and cause a deficiency. Uh, These include aging, obesity, poor sleep, sedentary lifestyle, thyroid problems, diabetes, medications like opioids, steroids, and antidepressants, chemotherapy, conditions such as HIV AIDS, damage to or removal of the testicles and undescended testicles. Okay, so let's just check on our time and see where we are before we conclude this show. And here we go. So we are just about out of time. So until next Saturday, everyone, take care, stay safe, God bless, and be healthy and business savvy. Ta-ta for now. Have a blessed day. Thank you.